This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Happy Family Day. In fact, if you're listening, I just came, we're down in the basement of the legislature. I just came from upstairs. I didn't know this, but the legislature is open today to families. Oh. They've got all these kid-friendly exhibits up in the on the main floor. So if you're in Victoria and you've got a young family, come on by the legislature. There's okay. Stuff to do. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Happy Family Day to you, too. Thanks for coming in. So let's start with, um, I had Adrian Dix on the show yes. today. Very so interesting. He was the first guest this morning. He actually contacted me the other day because he's been hearing, we've done a lot of coverage about wait lists problems in the system he wanted to come on to talk about it he also wanted to respond to the liberals and their attack saying there's too much bureaucracy in the healthcare system which he says is the same as under the liberals and he took the calls from the listeners too which i appreciated your thoughts yeah so i've been tracking this for some time ever since the NDP first came into power and to the NDP's credit they kept intact the liberal model of uh, of health authorities i think one of the smartest things the bc liberals did when they came in in 2001 it was cindy hawkins the late cindy hawkins was the yes. health planning minister yes if you recall in the 90s the ndp created this unbelievably bureaucratic healthcare system with i think something like 72 different health authorities of various levels community health coalitions um, regional health authorities just this mishmash of of uh, bureaucracy that was unmanageable the Liberals shrunk it down to the, what we see today. And I haven't seen much evidence that the NDPs expanded or contracted what the Liberals uh, put in place in the early 2000s. And I think it was a, it was a good move by the BC Liberals to, to do that. The other thing, it came up on the one of your callers talking about how the shortage of doctors should have been foreseen some time ago. And absolutely correct. One of the, and a lot of New Democrats admit one of the worst mistakes they made, and not just the NDP, it was governments right across Canada in the 1990s bought into this analysis from some of these so-called healthcare reformers that the the, re- the way to cut down on healthcare costs was to reduce the number of doctors and reduce the number of acute care beds, and and push everything into sort of a what, just called preventative medicine or something preventative or? and and put a treatment closer to home. There was actually oh, yeah, this commission in BC called Closer to Home. Right, never materialized. You can't stop people from being sick just by saying we're not going to have a hospital bed. So they reduced the number. Everything was put a a, a price tag was attached to a, an acute care bed and a doctor. And so they cut the number of uh, teaching posi- or um, student positions in uh, in medical schools, and so this this actually led to what we see today with the shortage of doctors. And it was started in the 1990s, right across the country, buying into this ill-advised healthcare reform that the way to fix the system was to reduce the number of beds and doctors. It's kind of uh, astonishing to think about that now, especially when it it would have been quite clear in the 1990s about the demographic kind of tsunami that was coming toward us with the aging population. Exactly. All that was predicted, but there was this belief that hospitals were the problem. Doctors were the problem. Beds were the problem. Those were what was driving up costs. If we just eliminate that stuff, everything will be fine. Well, that's not not how it ended up working. Yeah. Another interesting call in the open line, too, was a guy who phoned in and said that during COVID, a lot of doctors started just doing strictly online Mm -hmm. medicine or over the phone or online, and a lot of them have not transitioned back to in-person care, and that's why we've seen some... We see doctors' offices shutting down. People don't have family doctors. And and Dix more or less admitted that, yeah, that is the case. But he said that 
you know, the ratios, the ratio is coming back. So he said it's about 60% in person care now and about 40% online. And he, and he right. anticipates it continuing to go back to more in-person. Yeah, just anecdotally, I've noticed there are more in-person doctor visits amongst my friends and family than there were, well, well the first year of the pandemic, I think it was almost 100% virtual. There's right. very little in-person sure. visits. Yeah. But as we get back to normal in all parts of society, that's I think we're getting back to normal with doctor vis- in-person doctor visits as well. The liberals keep saying that, you know, I had Falcon on the show last week, the liberal leader who said, there are 64 vice presidents in the healthcare system now, which is, you know, it's an eye-popping number. People hear that. You go, what? Are you kidding me? And he said there were only 17 vice presidents under the liberals in the, in the system, which Dix keeps denying. And the liberals actually texted me during the interview and said, challenge him to produce the stats on it. And I did. And then his staff just sent me an email with a chart. He's saying saying that 64. there were sixty four vice presidents under the liberals. So yeah, so you know, I mean, that's one chart. You know, they're showing. Yeah, so. people think vice presidents are just some guy, woman, in a a tie. So almost all these vice presidents are doctors. These are pra- all m- most of them. Most are? of them are doctors. They're practicing physicians. So not family physicians, but they're but they're an administrative capacity. administrative capacity. There's a, I know several oncologists who are actually in high levels of administration and health authorities. Um, the health authority figures we talk to all the time, by many of them are doctors, um, not, the, not the communications people. I think uh, head of Fraser is Dr. Lee, if I recall. Um, so a lot of these are not just your CEO types. But uh, again, I, I, I don't see much change in the models between the liberals and the NDP when it comes to health authorities. And again, I think one of the best moves the NDP made was to keep the BC liberal model in place, not have these huge number of health authorities that we saw in the 1990s where the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. Let's talk about this big tax hike in Surrey. So the Surrey city budget is out. You add up all the various general property tax increases and other tax hikes in here. 17.5% increase in potential property tax increase in Surrey. Wow. Let's have a listen to Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke. And she says, look, this could actually cost more if they keep going forward with the local police department instead of keeping the Mounties. Have a listen to what she says and I'll get your thoughts. This budget is, is based on what the council voted on, which is to keep the RCMP as the police of jurisdiction. If we were to go with the Surrey Police Service, that number would be significantly more. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, significantly more. At one point, she was talking about a 55% uh, <laughs> tax increase. So, yeah. uh, again, haven't seen all the math on this, how they arrived at this particular figure. Uh, don't look... F- for the province to get involved in this, this is a municipal tax increase that Victoria will ensure Surrey owns, and Surrey owns it alone. But um, haven't seen all the details how she how they arrived at this particular number and how that fifty five percent suddenly is off the table. Taking a look at the Global News report here, so it in, the city budget includes a nine point five percent general property tax increase to pay for the policing. Uh, then it talks about another. An, an additional general property tax increase for city operations, extra police officers, inflation, and a one-time roads and levy tax hike. You add it all up, potential 17.5%. Wow. Yeah, and, and I think Surrey insists, even with all that, they're still in the middle of the pack when it comes to municipal uh, tax rates. Yeah. They're, they're not going to be the highest in, in BC. They're going to be in the middle, which... 
suggests to me that Siri probably wasn't increasing taxes uh, high enough in the last few years as other municipalities were. I'm not sure. And a lot of this falls on Doug McCallum's watch. And then, of course, as you heard in that clip, she makes the argument that, okay, you ain't seen nothing yet. Like, it's set for even higher hikes if the police transition continues to go forward, which she wants to put the brakes on. Where are we at on where are we at right now? On Still that? waiting for, I think, Siri's close to handing back to Victoria some of the unanswered questions that uh, Mike Farnworth's ministry has had of both uh, Surrey uh, Municipal Hall, Surrey RCMP, and Surrey Police Service. If you recall, uh, Farnworth wanted more information from all three parties before making any decisions. So I think we're close to getting those, those answers uh, returning to the ministry, but uh, nothing public yet. Let's just finish up here quickly with uh, U.S. President Joe Biden making a, a surprise Biden's. visit to Ukraine. Uh, one-year anniversary of the war. Here is Biden in Kiev. I thought it was important that the President of the United States be here the day the attack began. Because as the President remember, I was warning the world that he was going to attack. I was certain of it. He says, I, was war- I warned the world that Russia was going to attack. I was certain of it. He- he's right. He was warning, the- he was he- he warning was- about it. Biden's on a bit of a roll. His approval numbers are up uh, as he faces going into the home stretch before the next election. There has been speculation that he- some, de- some Democrats saying he shouldn't run, too old, this side of thing. Yeah. He just got a pretty clean bill of health from his physician saying he's uh, in very good shape. So I think Biden's going to seek re-election. And as I say, right now, he's on a bit of a roll with his approval rating. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Let's go right to your phone calls. Jim in Surrey. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Right now, if we get a 17% tax rate hike with all the grants and everything done, I'm going to pay $4,856.49. That's out the door money. That's everything included. Plus, I'm going to pay $1,965 utility if they don't raise that, which I think they will. So I'll be $6,821.49 out the door. To say Mm. I'm a little pissed off is an (laughs) understatement. What the heck is going on here in Surrey? You've got old people, retired people like me, that are like, what? Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for the call. Well, you have to wonder whether Surrey is just playing catch-up. You know, did they not increase taxes high enough in previous years to account for uh, high inflation uh, and huge population growth in Syria? So a demand on services is probably continues to be sky high. Something had to give. So quite apart from, you know, talking about police here, 9% of that, um, that tax increase seems to be associated with the police, but there's still 8% quite apart from yeah. the police, just for, for general services. I think that's one of the highest tax increases of any municipality that I've seen. Well, under McCallum, they had been bragging about an average tax increase of 2.9% per well, year. It's going to catch McCallum. up. It's going to catch up to you. So, you know, was that those tax hikes were relatively low, I guess, compared mm-hmm. to other municipalities. Well, the last few years, inflation, you know, hitting 5, 6, 7% a year, that's going to take a 
yeah. big bite out of you. And if you're not keeping pace with tax increases, you're gonna it's gonna catch up to you. Sure, I think in, it's catching in, up to Siri. Inflation is one of the reasons they've they've articulated for the reason for these tax increases, mm-hmm. and they've got a road they've got a road and uh, road and bridge levy on a road levy on there. Uh, and but the the big one is this police transition, which they say is costing them a ton of money, and it could cost even more. Well, Jim's call so, is going to be, um, I think. Ring true in many Surrey households. That's a huge tax. Yeah, that is massive. Today. What you just outlined there, Doug in Surrey. Hi, Doug. Go ahead. Hi, Mike and Keith. Uh, Linda or Brenda Locke is just a rerun of Doug McCallum, and uh, look who she's got highly placed in her little uh, regime there. Uh, if she gets voted out the next time, uh, there's another name that comes to mind before McCallum by the name of Hapner. He's sitting there pretty much in number two position. You watch it. If she gets voted out the next time, he'll be running for mayor, I'll bet you. <laughs> and guess who the power behind the throne will be? They're just lining their nest with gold. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Surrey politics has always been fascinating. Back to the days of Bill Vanderzam, yeah. <laughs> Ed McKicka. Wow. You know, it's it's been a sort of uh, interesting gallery of people yeah. in Surrey politics. Unlike any other municipality, Surrey st- sort of stands apart. Yeah. Malcolm in North Vancouver. Hi, Malcolm. Go ahead. I think this is a lesson for all municipalities that have the RCMP. If you're going to be wanting to change, first off, it goes to an actual referendum. It's not a matter of uh, Canada A, B, and C saying, well, I'm going to change it, and they get uh, 15% of the actual vote, even though it's 30% and they get in, you know, the way our elections run. And they then they turn around like McCallum did and, and Locke did and says, hey, I got the mandate. No, you didn't. You didn't get 50 plus 1 or 60% or whatever, and it has to be a mm-hmm. solid number. Number two is... Uh, the SBS, I think, are as liable for this cost as anything because they keep on hiring. And I agree with Brenda Locke on this. As soon as it went to the fact that we're going to send this back to the government, all hirings have to stop. Because you look at the amount of cost with severance pay every time they add one officer. doesn't matter if it's 20 or 30. One officer. What's the, the cost to the Surrey taxpayer? So for the rest of the municipalities, you know, this is a big lesson. Yeah, Thank so you. a couple of interesting points there. I checked with the ministry, uh, public safety ministry last month and told me there was no more hiring. Yeah. Um, that, that stopped. I think now, it stopped now. Yeah, but, but, er, still, but earlier the chief, like Norm Lipinski, he was on this oh, show. Oh, yeah, saying I'm going to continue to hire. He was quite quite brazen yeah. about it, saying, like, oh, we, we, look, we've got a mandate to, to set up this police well, the force, word so mandate, keep hiring it, police officers. Both sides are using the word mandate, which is interesting. So Brenda Locke was uh, elected with something like 27% of the vote of a 38% turnout, if, if the numbers serve me correct. Yeah. So the Surrey police issue has been on the ballot for two elections in a row, and no one's come out to vote. Very few people have come out to vote. And now your taxes are going to be affected as a result of, in some cases, voter apathy. And you have to wonder whether a referendum is, you know, hasn't been completely ruled out. Who knows where this this ends up? Will it go to a referendum? That's what Ginny Sims, one of the Surrey NDP MLAs, has been advocating. Sure. so Mike Farnworth has an interesting decision to be made on this. And it's not just going to be him. It's the provincial cabinet is going to have to weigh in on this. And I don't think there's a, a, a right answer here. What's your read on it now? Because earlier I had the impression that Farnworth was leaning more toward 
allowing the transition to to proceed to a municipal force then he kind of surprised everyone by saying well hang on a sec we need more information we need more data here we're putting we're delaying this the decision and then the premier last week gave this sort of cryptic wording we have to make sure we let the city to do what they want along those lines and that sort of created all this confusion whoa does that mean that brenda Locke gets to do what she wants here uh, so still, I don't think anyone's got a clear read of this yet. Yeah, okay. We're following that one closely. For Thanks sure. for coming in. Talk to you tomorrow. All right.